Welcome everyone. My name is Kapil Guy, and you're tuned in to the Finding Perspective podcast, where we share stories and get into deep conversation with the intent of educating our listeners to new insight, new ways of thinking, and of course, new perspectives. So today with me in studio, I have a man named Dan Gelstein. And uh, Dan is actually the founder of Elixir Juice Lab that is uh, located in uh, the GTA. They have a couple of different um, uh, locations and they focus on you know, natural organic juices and a lot of healthy options and uh, healthy food options for, uh, for, for the world. Because as you know, we're, uh, we're, uh, we're, we're going in a not, not so great place right now health-wise. So uh, thank you, Dan, for, uh, for being with me in studio today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So, um, you know, before I get into your business and what you do um, as an entrepreneur, I want to know, um, what was your foundation like growing up? Yeah, totally. So uh, I came from an entrepreneurial family. So my dad started business and I watched his business grow uh, as I grew up. Um, and so I kind of always, always looked up to him, admired him and his kind of role in that. And I kind of always sought for myself after I finished school to start something. And Juice is kind of what I landed on. It was always health and wellness has always been my passion and it just turned into my business too. Juices. Okay. Um, so tell us, tell us a little bit about Elixir because I did my best to uh, describe you uh, yeah. what Elixir is, but I'm sure you can do a much better job than I can. Yeah, of course. So we focus on creating tasty products that are really healthy for you. So all the ingredients that we source are 100% organic. Um, we try to use different combinations of ingredients that help with different health benefits. So whether you're feeling like you have a cold coming or you need something detoxifying, alkalizing, you're looking for something to help with digestion, um, we have different products that our team at every one of our locations can recommend um, to kind of help with whatever symptom you're feeling. Um, so we started with just juices. Since then, we've expanded our line into everything from specialty hot drinks to smoothies, salads, different probiotic coconut yogurt parfaits. Every product is um, made in-house and made fresh daily and brought in to our stores and our different various wholesale partners uh, every morning. So how do you come up with these recipes? Like, is that you coming up with it or is that yeah, someone totally. you're in partnership so I, with? So as a team, we decide kind of what, we're always looking for to integrate new innovative products into our line from different ingredients um, that have different functional benefits to, you know, to, to a specific juice. We're always on top of trends. Uh, so as a team, we're always looking for what what's the next thing that we want to launch, what's the new menu category. And then we work we work with nutritionists um, to kind of develop and make sure that we're hitting all the health benefits that we want to hit uh, with the product. Interesting. So how many people are including in, included in the, um, I guess I want to say the executive team? Executive team, there's three of us. So it's a very small team. So we have myself, I oversee everything. Uh, I have someone that helps us on a retail level. And then we have someone in our facility that manages our production. So we actually run production from 8 p.m. till 6 a.m. Oh every God. night. And then we have someone that helps with all the finance and billing. And then uh, we bring in different nutritionists as well and 
have a lot of other members on our team. So would you say the nutritionists are kind of like in partnership? Like they're not... Exactly, exactly. So we had... So when we first started, um, someone who was really involved, um, she's no longer in the company, but she's someone that I still go to all the time for help. Uh, so So she helps create the original Elixir line. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so she's a nutritionist in background. A nutritional background. Okay. Um, so I want to go, I want to go to like, even before day one, I want to go to day zero. How did you, you decide, okay, I want to open up my own business. How do you come across this idea? Yeah, totally. So, uh, so I was 21 at the time. So yeah. So it's going to be five years this January since I started Elixir. Okay. So sorry, I was actually 22. <laughs> um, so I started Elixir fresh out of school. I was looking for, I was always really interested in the health and wellness industry and food has always been my passion. And so it started really, really small. I just was working with different partners in Toronto, testing out different products and seeing kind of, you know, what I want to get into. At the time in Toronto, juice wasn't the industry it is today. Right. So we, you know, in the last few years, it's become very popular and people are seeing all the positive advantages of integrating juice into your diet. Right. Um, That wasn't the case before. And so I wanted to create something. At the time, there was only like mom and pop kind of smaller juice bars working with kind of similar ingredients. And I wanted to create some, first of all, a brand around it. And second of all, I wanted to do more than just juice, but juice was kind of the launch pad into other food items. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that, that, that's really interesting. Um, I've, <laughs> I've actually tried a couple of your products. Uh, just the other day, um, I took a shot of a, a ginger shot. Yeah. So I chugged an entire <laughs> That's shot the strongest of- product we probably <laughs> offer. <laughs> so I, I, I took an entire shot of ginger. Yeah. I mean, it, it, helped, it, kept, it kept me good for the day though. Yeah, I for mean, sure. So, I mean, the larger bottles which are most popular size, it's half a liter. They have three to five pounds of produce in them, which is oh, crazy wow. when you think about it, <laughs> right? Like you <laughs> can't eat that in a single serving if you're no. eating that in salad. And the yeah. great thing about juice is that it's, um, you absorb the nutrients within 15 minutes in yep. the bloodstream, right? So it's it's super healthy for you. No, that's, re- that's, really, that's, that's really cool. Um, you know, I, um, so I was watching this documentary um, earlier this year the rapper um, from named Styles P. He's from New York and he grew up in a not so, not so great neighborhood. And he said that growing up in poverty, um, all the, the food options around him were really bad fast food options. So he said that it kind of felt like they were just contributing to the downward cycle, like these, these corporations. So what he did was he went back to his neighborhood and opened up a juice bar for healthy oh, options for affordable, affordable prices. Um, you know, I, as much as I love your product, I have to say that it it can be on the more expensive end. For sure. Um, so what can you say about that in regards to, you know, having a good quality? I mean, that's the thing, right? When you have quality, it's going to cost quality. It's going to cost whatever that quality, um, the price of quality. What can you say about that for people that, you know, perhaps? Yeah, totally. So our goal as a company is to make health more accessible. So this is something, pricing is something we're working on for sure. Um, there's a few things that contribute it to it. So number one, our packaging. Everything is either biodegradable, 
um, packaging or our bottled juices are in glass bottles, which are definitely a premium price. The reason we do that is because we don't want any of the nutrients to to, uh, fade because of like any excess to like heat or sunlight and so on, direct exposure, right? So that's one thing that's contributing to that. The second thing is we're 100% organic. Yeah. Organic products, you know, from shopping in the store, it's always double the price. And we want to make sure that our product is as healthy as possible. It doesn't have any pesticides and so on. Um, and then the third thing is just the process. It's a raw product, right? So we have to, we're constantly in production, which costs money. Right. We have to constantly produce a fresh product. Our shelf life is four days. We're not adding, we're not adding anything to the product to extend the shelf life. So it's yep. completely, completely natural. I, you know, I, I thought about that the other day because um, I remember I was, you know, a lot of people tell me at work to, you know, buy some almond milk, buy almond milk. I don't want, you know, dairy anymore. So I'm like, okay, cool. So I, I buy the refrigerated almond milk. And then I look back and I'm like, man, I used to, I used to drink the almond milk that was sitting on the shelves. Yeah. Like, I don't even want to know what What's was added. What There's was, like, I heard a statistic that it's only like 2% of uh, the almond milk that are like just sitting on the shelves. 2% of the product is actually almonds. The rest is like fillers and things they add to extend the shelf life of the product. Oh my God. Yeah, it's really important to read the label. So now that you're in the the business of health and wellness, are you like, have you become like a health geek? Like, do you watch everything you eat? I do. Okay, so I'm not vegan. I'm not 100% plant-based. I believe in quality product. So I'm more careful to where my food is coming from. So I don't mind eating meat as long as it's coming from like a good source, right? Right. Um, And same with my produce. And, you know, I I love to support local companies and local, the local market. Um, So I buy like a lot of my produce and a lot of the companies I buy from kind of sell within a hundred kilometers of where I'm at. Right, right. So, yeah. So does that... Cause I guess the average person, you know, we go home, we go to work, wherever's at the grocery store, we buy, we go home, you yeah. know, we, f- we feed our families or whatnot. Um, that must take a lot of time to, you know, do the research, find out where the food's coming from. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely easier for me because I'm involved in it every single day. Right. So I, that is an advantage of mine, but it's, you know, you can do little things at a time. It's right. not hard to, even if, it's not hard to incorporate more plant-based into your diet. It's not, you can, at any store, any supermarket, you can find great products. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, uh, that, that, that's great. Cause I mean, I've, I've tried like, you know, cutting out gluten and some of these things, just, just try it, just trial and yeah. error. Um, and I, and even with, with vegetarian, like I've, I've, I've gone like a month to melt without eating meat mm-hmm. and it, it's possible. Yeah. And it, it, I remember last year I had to go and do like, um, even fasting, which is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to go and, you know, do some surgery and, uh, I had to fast for 24 hours and mm-hmm. I thought it'd be extremely hard, but it wasn't as hard as I thought. Yeah. Do you feel like a lot of these things are in our head that, Oh, I need meat or I need this cookie or I need whatever. Totally. I mean, you're used to it, right? It's how you were gro- like brought up and yeah. what you, it's, you've done it for so long that it's become second nature to do those things. But, and by cutting those things out, you do feel much better. It's your body's less inflamed. Of course, of course. One, one thing that has been a huge trend this year in health and wellness has been celery juice. So I've actually personally been doing it because it doesn't require a huge commitment. 
Um, you know, like a lot of times people are really scared of fasting or juice cleanses. They think I can't eat for three days and are scared of that. Um, but for instance, with celery juice, all you, all it requires is, uh, one bottle every morning, 30 minutes before eating. And the effects have been amazing. Like for me personally, but also hearing customer feedback at the, at how it has changed their lives has been really, really inspiring. And my favorite part of my job. You actually graduated from Schulich Business School. Yeah. Um, so a lot of times when we we see entrepreneurs, we see just a person who had an idea and went, you know, mm-hmm. went on with it. But you actually, you studied the fundamentals before getting into this thing. Um, how was the Schulich School of Business? Um, how was that fundamental into your growth of, of who you have become as an entrepreneur? Yeah, totally. I think that when you become an entrepreneur, a lot of it is... It, you learn it as you go. Like it's very different from my school experience. Like I, it definitely prepared me and it definitely taught me a lot of like things about like how to budget, how to, you know, how to market a product. I learned different skills for sure in school, but applying that and on the job and making it work for your business is a totally different thing. I had a really hard time when I started Elixir because there's so so many aspects that are like skills that you don't learn in school, like how to manage people. Like, you know, at this point I have 27 yeah. people working in Elixir yeah. and that's a really hard skill. I, I never learned that obviously through school or, you know, customer service or retail experience. Those kinds of things were really difficult for me in the beginning because I didn't, I didn't have that experience. Of course. I mean, it's, I studied kinesiology when yeah. I was in school and I went into sales and now, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I've done a couple other things with it. So I agree with you. Like school is definitely important for giving you the fundamentals. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're a sponge and you can take in all this, edu- all this information and kind of what you do with it after is what you do with it. Yeah. Um, but you, um, you know, upon graduating, you went straight into entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. So you're a young guy, you're, you're 22 years old. I mean, you have relatively limited work experience. Totally. Did that not scare you? Like starting your own business? And I don't think I realized what I was <laughs> in for, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like the beginning was so difficult. So not only do I have, a, so the hardest part for me in the beginning months of starting my business was that we were producing everything, right? So with food, it's really tricky generally. So we were my schedule consisted of production from 8 p.m. till 3 a.m. Yeah. and sell, selling at the local stores where we were selling our product from 7 a.m. till 5 p.m. Yeah. So it was just a lot of not sleepless lights trying to figure out how to properly do production because I couldn't hire people. I couldn't tell them what to do if I didn't know how to do it myself. So I essentially had to wear every hat before you know, onboarding any person to do the job. I'm sure you 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 have friends that work regular day jobs, nine to five. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how does it feel when you see your friends that you know kind of just clock in and go home after, and they can go for drinks after and do whatever they want, but yet you're still working till four a.m. at night? Um, do you ever does it ever feel like the grass is greener on the other side, whereas you know they get to kind of get vacation or whatever benefits from their company, and yeah. you know you may or may not have that. Totally. I mean, listen, it's such like a up and down with entrepreneurship. Um, Sometimes, you know, there's obviously benefits. I feel like I'm learning so much that I wouldn't maybe have in another job potentially. Like I've had to 
learn everything from how to be a salesperson, how right. to deal with customers, how to work within my communities of our locations, to yep. how to build out stores effectively, right? So everything I've learned makes it worth it for me. Uh, but it is tough because it is a 24-7 job. Like my life is my job because things happen all the time. Like fridges break in the middle of the night, delivery personnel don't show up, people call in sick. And when you're the only founder, you're the only one that at the end of the day, I'm the only one that is responsible and will get things done, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I I just think the grass is always greener on the other side. I think that when it's a mature company and there's like all the infrastructure there, it's a lot easier to say that. But when you're in a startup mode and you have to figure everything out and there's a lot of different components of my business, like I have a wholesale business, manufacturing and retail, that's a lot, right? So yeah, I think that definitely, I, I love the experience of being an entrepreneur and I there's a lot of benefits that right. come with it, but it is a 24-7 job, especially in the beginning. Like I'm on year five and it's still 24-7. <laughs> are a lot of your friends entrepreneurs? A lot of them are, yeah. Yeah. Not, I'd say like maybe 25, 30% of my friends are entrepreneurs. They started maybe, some of them started later than me, but yeah. Right. So do you feel like in your in your circle of friends, you're always like the one giving advice to people and they're coming to you with advice on how they can uh, better manage their business? Listen, one of my like biggest, I think, um, one thing that I love is networking. Right. Um, it's helped me tremendously. Like I feel like everyone has something that they can teach you and I'm always happy to sit down with anyone, right? Um so I, I meet with people in my industry, but also people that I just find fascinating or I'm interested in their experience. And my friends are the same way. And like I, whenever my, some of my friends are doing really cool things right now, um, and I'm, oh, I always talk to them and we kind of share insight and strategy and, you know, yeah. Did you like, so even when you were in school, did you always know that you wanted to uh, go into entrepreneurship that you that's what you wanted from the I beginning? I definitely knew that that's what was my end goal. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to do it right out of school. I just, I left school. I didn't specialize in anything specific and I wasn't sure what to get into. Shulik, most people go into accounting or finance right. and like, I knew that wasn't exactly me. So I actually, when I started Elixir, my first goal was to start it as a passion project before I do my MBA. So I thought that I would have, you know, because I wasn't sure what field to go into. Right. I thought I, this would be a good opportunity for me just to kind of have, go for, go into an industry that I'm super interested in and kind of learn different areas of the business and see what, what I want to go into after doing my MBA. Do you, do you still plan to, to do your MBA? Maybe one day. Yeah. I'd love to, but um, not anytime soon. <laughs> Um, you know, your, your family, um, you know, growing up fun fact for anyone that's listening right now. Uh, so Dan and I actually went to grade one together and then I'd say like what, 20 something years later, we, you know, we connected through work and I just, I saw him and I'm like, you look super familiar. And we just somehow connected the fact that we, you know, we, we knew each other from back in the day, back, back, back in the day. 
So that, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's I mean, amazing. Makes me realize I should probably work the FBI or something. <laughs> yeah, no, you recognize me right away. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> if I have good facial recognition like that, yeah. like, that like that. So you're, I mean, your parents, um, it seems, sorry, do you have any siblings? I have a half sister. You have a half sister. Okay. So it, it seems to me like your parents were really, were, were heavily involved in growing up and making sure that, you know, you were getting the best, you know, the best quality education, the best quality life that you possibly could. Um, I, I think you said for high, for high school, you also went to private school. Yep. Um, so how did how did that actually shape your your outlook? Um, private school because I I didn't go to private school. I'm not too familiar with it. But how does how do you think that might have been different from the public school experience? Um. So I did go to public school until my last few years, where I went to private school. Um, I would say that my interest at the time was to potentially apply to other schools outside of Canada. And it was help. There was like a lot of resources available to me through the private school system to kind of make that happen through like SATs or if I was signing to Europe or so on, which was super helpful. Um, I think that there was a lot, a little bit more flexibility with the types of courses I wanted and where I wanted to go. Like I took a lot of business courses my last two years of high school which did help me prepare for my uh, undergraduate degree. And yeah. Because, I mean, the reason I ask is because I want to know, like, from day one, what can our education system do better to promote entrepreneurship? You know, I don't think from at any point in my life, uh, any teacher had ever promoted entrepreneurship. It was kind of just, you know, graduate, get a job. I think generally, like, when I look back at, so, so my friends are have, getting such cool jobs right now that I didn't even know was a job back then, right? Like we were, it was like math, English, accounting, whatever, right? right. And even when you're graduating, most people are either going into like lawyer, doctor, right? These kinds of more general professional roles. But now there's so, so many interesting job opportunities. And I think that um, it'd be interesting to have learned that through high school and yeah. through my university experience. I agree. You know, and I don't know, perhaps like, you know, one day um, we will see those changes in, mm-hmm. in the curriculum and whatnot. So, um, and, and I agree with you. I mean, you know, a lot of the jobs that I had didn't exist, you know, many years mm-hmm. ago, but mm-hmm. as, as we progress, um, you know, we're, we're going to see these changes. Um, but um, it, it, it seems to me that we just don't see a lot of the size of entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. You know, we, why is it that the, the successes are so glamorized, but the, the, the not so great moments were just, they're hidden mm-hmm. and we just, it's not, it's, it's not spoken about too much. It's just, we, yeah, we just see the gold. For Why sure. Um, we hear a lot of success stories. It's true. And no one talks about the difficulties kind of getting to a point where you're, you know, a more mature business. It's it's a lot of work and it's there's a lot of challenges and it's a lot of ups and downs. And unfortunately, a lot of businesses don't make it to that stage, right? Um, especially in a city like Toronto. Yeah. So things are always changing. Do you think that the the market for Juice Labs is competitive in this city? Yeah, totally. I mean, when we opened... Before we, we, I opened kind of at a similar timeline with two of my bigger competitors. Right. Um, But before that, there was pretty much nothing. There was like one, two 
mom and pop stores that had like one location kind of thing. Yeah. Um, not so much like a branded um, retail experience. Um, so it's it's definitely become more more competitive and you're finding juice pretty much everywhere now. Cold press juice. Yeah. I mean, for the longest time, I couldn't, um, you know, I couldn't differentiate between juices and smoothies. Yeah. I, you know, kind of saw them as one of the same. Yeah. And, um, you know, you now, it, it, now that you've been doing this for five years, um, it seems like expansion is always, is always on your mind. Yeah. So we have the infrastructure in place to do volume now. Right. So from our production facility to, you know, the, the logistics, deliveries, we have packaging. So now it's just a matter of like building brand awareness and launching in new markets. Right. And, you know, I'm a huge fan of pop-ups. That's one of things that I really loved through my experience at Elixir was sometimes you're so sure about your demographic, but then, you know, we've had experiences where we opened stores where I wasn't sure if it was going to perform well. And we were a lot of times pleasantly surprised because you learn something about who your customer is, right? Um, yeah. How do you stay calm in those situations? Stay calm? Yeah, in those situations. You make the best guess for right now, right? Yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. all you can do. I, You go with your gut. Yeah. And yeah. So like what, what's an average day like for you from the moment you wake up to the minute you go to sleep, if you do sleep? Yeah. So no day is the same pretty much. That's for sure. Things always happen. If, I mean, if we're talking about a regular day where no one calls in sick, there's no crazy emergency that happens at the facility or the stores or anything like that. Um, I spend my day mainly going through the locations um, looking through reports and making sure that everything is going fine. Um, looking for areas to improve the business, thinking about new prod projects that we can be involved with, um, reaching out to local partners as well. Yeah. I'm, I wear so many hats because we don't have like a marketing person. We don't have yeah. a, you know, so on. So, right. and I, I do make sure that every week I put in specific amount of time to networking so right. every week I have certain time blocked off for meeting with people, new people yeah. or previous people. Yeah. I mean, I, I also, you know, do men, do make sure that I network. I, I, I put my hours in for that, but a lot of my friends tell me that they have troubles networking. It's so hard. Why, why do you think people find such difficulties with it? I personally don't find it hard. I like talking to new people. Yeah. Um, it can be intimidating, right? Like it could be intimidating. Um, Sometimes conversations don't progress and it could get kind of awkward, I guess, right? Yeah. But I mean, I always kind of do my best to research the person I'm meeting and make sure that I'm coming with some questions and can see if, you know, offer what I can offer them as well. Yeah. Make sure that it's a two, two-sided two conversation, right? I, I think that's very important. Like whenever you start a new conversation, always asking, how can I be of service to you? Exactly. Exactly. Before you can ask, how can you be of service to me? Exactly. Don't, thinking, don't just rant about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure. Um, and um, okay. So no, 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 that's, that's, that's great to know that like, it's, it's super helpful. Like every, yeah, I've, I've, um, I have a lot of mentors that have come out of just these kind of initial conversations, initial getting a coffee and getting to know someone. And now they've helped me a lot in my career. 
Yeah. And, and how are those meetings usually go about? How do you, how can, um, you know, people go about finding mentors? Cause we hear about mentorship all the time, but how do you actually get a mentor? Yeah, totally. So, I mean, it just, you research different people. Like sometimes I look and I'm like, oh my God, this is such a cool company. I want to learn more. Mm-hmm. I, you know, through LinkedIn and other resources online, I can figure out who the founder is or what the story of the business is. And if, if I'm like, if it's something that's interesting to me, I'll try to figure out how to get in contact with that owner and to see if I can have an initial conversation. I think I've learned that from, from networking as well as I, when I used to go into these sessions, it was always like, how can I, how can I make the most of this? How can this person get yeah. me what I need? And I just realized that was a completely, that was the yeah. wrong approach. Yeah. Um, and when you're, when you're, when you're speaking to like somebody who's a high level executive of, of an organization, um, I know it's important to treat everyone the same. Mm-hmm. We, we need to do that. Like it's everyone is equal, but you know that this is somebody who can, you know, be an investor or somebody who can, you know, bring you some great business. How do you, how do you handle those situations knowing that this is, yeah, this is a big deal. Yeah. Um, keep calm, show, show up prepared. Yeah. Know your points. Know your, no one knows your business better than you. So, you know, you know, you have to talk with confidence. Um, and if they're willing to meet with you, they're there for a reason. They're already interested, right? A little bit. And they want to learn more about you and they're taking the time to do so. So make sure you're prepared. Right, right. Um, so when you started, did you have any investors? No. You did it by yourself? So from the ground up? Yeah. Wow. I've had some family help for sure. Okay. And then I've had lots of small business loans, grants from the government. Yeah. So, you know, going into this business, I mean, you're, you're a young guy. Um, you still are a young guy. Um, did, did you ever feel like people maybe wouldn't take you seriously because of your age? Totally. And it did happen a hundred percent, but you become more confident and you get introduced to the right people and slowly it happens. Like I, I used to for sure feel that way in the very beginning. You have to build your reputation. Right, right. Um, and how, how important is scheduling? Oh, it's super important. <laughs> super important. Does your schedule ever get thrown off completely? Totally, all the time. Because yeah. you never know what tomorrow will bring. Tonight. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going to happen in three hours in the kitchen, right? So, right, right. I mean... You can plan for things as much as possible, but then life happens and things happen, things change, right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, we were supposed to have this interview last week, and uh, we ended up, you know, re- rescheduling of course, to today. Yeah, but that's where being flex- flexible comes in and knowing your priorities, right? Totally. So, if someone said to me, um, "Ask me today to go out," but I know I have this interview, I said, "No, I can't. Like, this yeah. is more important to me because yeah. this is this is what I want to do. Yeah. I want to be doing this podcast." Um, you know, we, we, we think that social media is going to be like this gateway to, to, to all success that you put it on social media and everyone's going to see it. Um, I, I've, I've visited your social media pages. You guys have, you know, top-notch photography. Um, you guys have branded yourselves very well. Um, talk about that for a second. Like what types of strategies did you use, uh, to get your business out there on social media and how have you guys remained so prominent? Yeah, totally. So that's my favorite part. The branding is my favorite part of the business. So from the beginning, I was very involved with all brand identity, brand strategy, kind of all the supporting materials, packaging, so on. I was very specific about 
even the name elixir, it's like a medicinal potion that cures all ails. So I wanted the name to be very like function driven, right? Like I didn't, I, a lot of other names kind of sound the same. This one kind of sticks out for a juice, juice bar, right? Um, so I, I was really involved with that in terms of social media, for sure. Like we're, you know, there's a lot that goes into the strategy. So number one, it's our locations help us because people recognize us from our locations and they're interested in the brand and we capture people's information in stores. And then we, you know, can target them through social media. I think the number one is like, how do you differentiate on social media? What content will you put out there that will be actually interesting to people to follow? Right. You're not going to, if you're just doing product shots, okay. Your most loyal customers will keep following you, but you want to make sure the information is different, unique, uh, you know, and um, adding value to the customer's life. Interesting. Um, so do you, like when people send like respond to like, or when people send direct messages, um, I respond. <laughs> you respond to them? Yeah. Are, are they useful though? Like some of them, like I, I know some of them might just Yeah, be- totally. I mean, some people have like questions about the products um, from a nutritional standpoint. So we involve our nutrition, nutritionists to make sure that we're giving the correct answer. Sometimes people just want information on your brand or your story or so on. Right. Um, but it's a great way to interact with customers. It's a great way to get people's attention. Um, and if you do it right, it could be a huge asset to your business. What about for feedback? Like, have you gotten some you know good quality feedback through that as well? Through Instagram? Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Like, I mean, one thing is people post you on stories for instance, of your products, which we do all the time and we right. repost it. And then it starts a conversation with customers. And we make sure that they, like they tell us about their experience and so on. That must be a good feeling when someone goes out of the way to post your product. Totally. Um, it's a I'm, great feeling. <laughs> must be very rewarding. So how has like social media, you know, you being out there, um, you know, networking and, uh, you know, talking about Elixir, how has this helped you create community? Uh, community of entrepreneurs or community or, or your community within the world of health and wellness? Yeah, totally. So, I mean, one, because this is a startup, because we're not like a crazy funded company, right? Um, a lot of our marketing is very grassroots. And what that means is that I'm personally working a lot within the communities of our business. So even I do demos, I connect with local health practitioners. I look at local events. We try to really work within the community that we're in, right? Right. With like-minded businesses, like with, yeah. And um, yeah, it's, do you think that the online community transfers into real life? Yeah, totally. We, you know, a lot of times you don't know what your ROI is when you post on social media. Sometimes I look at how much we spend on photography, on you know, managing it and growing it and ads and whatnot. And it's a lot of money, right? But then it does bring sales. It converts into sales. There's, we recognize the customers that are following us that are coming in store. We, you know, there's different metrics and ways to analyze the customers that are in our store. And we know that a, a huge portion of them are coming from our social channels. Yeah, no, that's a, that, that I think that's one thing that people kind of, um, don't capitalize off of mm-hmm. knowing what is, you know, what business is being brought in through social media. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's tough. It's tough when you're starting out and you, for instance, don't have a huge marketing budget to spend on social media, which is like, you don't know 
what the outcome is going to be is right. tough. Yeah, it's trial and error, right? Yeah. You, you, you try things, they work, try it again, they work, yeah. try it a third time. If they don't, try something new. Um, but yeah, that's why like nowadays I get a lot of these, um, you know, I if I go somewhere or use this, a product or I sign up with my email, I get like surveys and all yeah. these things coming back. And sometimes, honestly, most of the time I don't want to do yeah. it. <laughs> For sure. You'll only do it to the brands that you're most loyal to exactly. or have a, have a connection with. Yeah. And I think providing an incentive sometimes totally. to do the survey. Totally. Uh, it, it, I remember when I was in, when I was in the university, uh, I got a call from, from the university to do some survey. I'm like, they're like, yeah, can you come tomorrow from 10 to 11? I'm like, oh, I wasn't doing it. I was free. I'm like, yeah, you know, I can't. But like, yeah, but if, if you come, you'll get a $50 gift card. I'm like, yeah, yeah, actually, I'll open up my schedule. Of course, <laughs> of course. That's how it works. Everyone would do that. Yeah. So do you guys implement those types of strategies as for well? Sure, for sure. I mean, like there's different strategies. Like when we want people to enroll in our loyalty program in stores, um, because we want to know how many of our customers are are coming back, coming for the first time versus like coming back, repeat rate and so on. So we encourage customers, we do a discount first purchase if you enroll in our system. You know, for people that sign up, we do different email promotions that they get access to different either events that we're hosting or specials or any new product launches. They get first, they get to try it first, so on. And we do incentives for surveys, like come come in for a juice on the house, something like that all the time. Yeah. No, yeah, that that that's great. I mean, it's um and I'm always about I, I, I believe in jumping on things when they're new. Yeah. So and I think that's what entrepreneurs have. Entrepreneurs have see a vision. They see things before they happen. Yeah. Um, so that's why people invest in certain businesses before they take off and, yeah. and whatnot. So no, that, that's very important. I think loyalty programs are, are great. And now you see that with every business nowadays, you, you know, you, you, you purchase something that some sort of loyalty, um, promotion and that's how they keep sending you these emails and whatnot. Um, okay. So an entrepreneur's journey, um, can, can have a lot of, um, you know, roller coaster. It can be quite a roller coaster ride. So for anyone that's listening right now, that's an aspiring entrepreneur, um, someone who's just coming out of school, perhaps doesn't have much funding, you know, just like how you, you did, uh, you didn't have any investors, you kind of had to take loans and whatnot. What advice can you give them to not get intimidated by that? Yeah. Um, have a really good business plan, you know, really research your competitors. Sometimes working for a competitor for a short term is really great way to understand if this is something that you really want to do. Yeah. Um, what else can I say? Um, make sure the numbers work. Yeah. Um, do you don't have to, you can start small, right? There's no race. You, I started really small. Like my first year we did $20,000 in sales. Like that's not a lot for a business. Like we, I literally went to local gyms, tested my product, had little, started doing little partnerships here and there. Right. So it, it takes some time to grow a business and you need a lot of patience. For sure. Do you, um, at some point when, you know, you feel like your, your business is at a point where it's kind of running itself or not running itself, but you know, you're not wearing all these hats. Do you, do you feel like, do you feel the take on any uh, mentees? Yeah, totally. I mean, I meet with people all the time and I I'm offer different advice. I tell them about my experience and so on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Um, were there any like public figures that you grew um, 
that you looked up to growing up? I need to think about that. (laughs) No one on the top of my head, but of course there's, I mean, I'm a man, successful people that I think are doing amazing things and are, have built amazing company culture, have an incredible product that is benefiting people's lives. Right. Right. And, um, are there, are there there any books that you could recommend to anyone listening for entrepreneurship? Yeah. Um, I, I love all Dale Carnegie books. Yeah. So it's a really like, I love kind of, it, it it changes my strategy in business. It cha- it taught me a lot about different skills. Yeah, I know. I read How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah, that was yeah, a yeah. phenomenal a book. book. Um, so yeah, though Dale Carnegie, that's that's the only book that I read. But you know, I'd recommend that to to anyone listening. Yeah. Um. So just a few questions left for you. Yeah, no worries. But before I get to the end, I want to know what's your why? Why do you do this? What keeps you going? Yeah, totally. I mean, health and wellness has always been my passion. So it's you know, it's been always a part of my life. And I think that it's so important and given the world that we're living in today to have access to nutritious products, right? So I love the fact that our product is really helping people live a healthier life. So that's kind of my biggest reason for doing that. And what my biggest reason for being in this industry. That's amazing. That's a, that's a great answer. Um, but so that was going to lead me to my last question, which is, uh, what legacy do you, uh, do you want to leave behind? I'm not sure. <laughs> I want to make sure that, you know, I'd love to see this elixir across Canada. I'd love to see, you know, different innovative products and make it more accessible for more people. Right. I want to support all the local communities that we're involved in. Um, Yeah. You know, and I think that anyone that's listening that's an inspiring entrepreneur can definitely take a lot out of this and it can help them on with their journey. So, I, and, and that's why, that's what this, this show is all about. It was all, all about seeing the different side, seeing mm-hmm. another side of things, seeing mm-hmm. the different perspective and, you know, hopefully leaving with new insight. So thank you, Dan. Thank you for coming thank out. Thank you so much. Yeah. I really enjoyed this. No, so did I. So did I. It, it was a pleasure for me. Um, so for people that... Uh, want to find out what's going on with Elixir, where can they find Elixir on social media? Yeah, totally. So our handle is at ELXR Juice Lab. Um, so they can follow us on social media, go on our website, see our locations, drop by at one of our locations. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Dan. And uh, yeah, we hope to see more of Elixir in the future. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone. Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of the Finding Perspective podcast. If you enjoyed this week's episode and learned something new, please hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. To stay up to date with all things Finding Perspective, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Finding Perspective Podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at underscore Kapil Guy. Hope you had a great week. Until next time.